Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Gund. Today I have another special guest, uh, my cousin, Lucy Gund. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, thank you for coming on. Um, and uh, so I have, Lucy has um, ADHD as well. And um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her experiences with it. Um, so I'm going to ask her a few questions and then we'll have a nice conversation about it. Um, so Lucy, uh, my first question is, how was growing up as a child, um, as a neurodivergent child, um, before and after you uh, realized that you had uh, ADHD? Yeah, great question. So I actually was diagnosed when I was in fifth grade, so I think about 11 or 12 years old. So I have been aware that I've had ADHD for quite a while, but I think like before that period, um, growing up, it was very difficult uh, for me to sit still, especially with the hyperactivity part in class or in sports. It was very hard for me to pay attention. And I think that not only made it difficult for my teachers and my coaches, but it also was difficult for me because I felt confused and frustrated why I had such a hard time with it and I felt like I couldn't control myself and I think that that made it very difficult in a lot of those situations when I was young. Um, and do you feel like things changed? Um, how, how do you feel like, it, was there like a change after you not only became more aware of having ADHD, but also getting older and, you know, um, like how was that for you, like as time progressed? Yeah, so I think like the second part of your question about like after I was diagnosed, I think it was honestly really helpful, not only because I was able to start taking medication, mm -hmm. um, but also because I was able to develop strategies that were specifically like to help me to help me um, deal with that hyperactivity mm -hmm. and um, develop different strategies that I still use um, even now. Um, and I think that I'll use for the rest of my life and strategies that can help me function at like the best level and help me not have that frustration. Yeah, well that's really good. Like I feel like I, I can relate to that too about just like, you know, realizing like these are my differences and, and these are my struggles. And then after that, being able to know what I need to do to accommodate myself and, and ask for support and what kind of support I need. Um, so that's been like definite. And I think that I speak for a lot of other neurodivergent folks as well. Um, that, you know, once that discovery happens, that's what's really powerful. And then it's still, it's all gradual. It's like, it, of course, it doesn't, I mean, at least for me, like, it didn't, I'm not sure for you too, like, it didn't happen right away, like, you kind of slowly start figuring these things, these things out, and, um, and then slowly figuring out how to accommodate yourself, and then slowly figuring out how to ask for support, um, to other people, um, so definitely very relatable, um, and so I also wanted to ask, uh, I mean, you might have, I think you just touched on this a little bit, but like ways that you found of using certain traits like your hyperactivity to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, well, I think there's a lot. I've come to um, be very accepting and almost embracing of my ADHD just because I know it's, um, it's part of what makes me me and it's part of what, um, it's something that it's gonna be part of my whole life. So I think that there are a lot of great things that come out of it. Like I always have energy um, to do the things that I wanna do and especially when it comes to like physical activity, like I am very into like fitness and working mm -hmm. out. I am like, I compete as a distance runner and I also um, am a fitness instructor. And I feel like part of that motivation to uh, work out every day and part of my love of fitness and sports um, that's like been something since I grew up is from that ADHD yeah. and that constant store of energy that I can use. For sure, yeah. No, I think that's a great example of like how you can use it how people can use that hyperactivity to their advantage is like you really find things that you're passionate about and that you like and that you're you thrive on um uh and and then you know being able to like really make stuff out of that and really you know build like a healthy routine like around that as you said with with something that you really like um so i think that's really awesome um, and that's something in a way that I've been able to do as well with my acting and advocacy work, um, you know, using, like figuring out the positive traits of my autism and then using those to kind of like, in, to like influence, I'm just, sometimes I have a hard time finding the right word. No, no worries, no worries. <laughs> to, um... To influence and shape, you know, how I, how I do my acting, how I use my voice as an actor and an advocate and everything. Uh, and then, of course, especially with this podcast, um, I just think, I, I, every time I think about it, it's like so amazing, like, how three months ago I just decided to start this, because I, I was actually inspired by, like, some other uh, uh, autistic uh, created podcasts um, that I, I was listening to and I was like, oh, I could do something like this. And then, you know, I remember I was so nervous, like I recorded my first episode on the computer. I, I actually did like three or four takes and then I was happy with that one. And then I had it, it was just kind of sitting on my computer for a little while. And then I was like wondering, oh, what platform should I use? How do I do this? How do I, and then I reached out to another, um, autistic advocate on Instagram and I had actually been on his podcast uh comorbid conundrums um uh Sam Oliver um is the host and he had me on uh like a month before I decided to start mine or something like that and then I reached out and I'm like hey what platform do you use and he's like oh I use RSS I'm like oh cool um and I went to check it out and then I just created an account and I I started posting and I remember like I released my first episode and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And then I just kind of like got on a roll with it and was like, um, that's because I'm like you, you were saying about how you, you got in a roll with fitness and everything because you really liked it with your, you know, it was like, I felt the same thing. Like the podcast was like, oh my God, like I just started producing episode after episode and like, I really like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it became a routine and then it was like. I mean, it would vary still a little bit, but like on average, every two days, there's been a new episode because yeah. it's been three months 
And I'm like, well, I guess two and a half months, but I'm, I have like almost 40 episodes already. It's amazing. It's yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's so important to not to see it as a setback. And I think like, um, going back to how I talked about earlier as a child, how it was like discouraging and upsetting. But I think, um, as I've grown up and I've kind of become like, I've been able to accept it as a part of my life and embrace it and be able to yeah. um, see the positive things that come from it and um, realize that like yeah it's kind of all about your perspective yeah. and how you can really make the most mm -hmm. out of whatever um, yeah whatever gifts you're given mm -hmm. and yeah no yeah fun. exactly and of course like you know I always talk about it on my podcast like I, I always like when I I really like to um acknowledge the positive traits but um i also you know that i want to because there's this idea out there that um either you're talking about like either you're embracing the positive traits or you're embracing the struggles mm -hmm. but it's like you can technically do both yeah it's definitely because yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah just because you're embracing the positive traits it definitely yeah. doesn't diminish the struggle doesn't diminish the struggle and it's still something that mm -hmm. is very real and something yeah. that is like yeah. yeah, it's a challenge, but mm -hmm. I think that um, it's important to see both sides, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, both ways, for sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the my, my last couple questions are, uh, what were the most, what was the most challenging part of your neurodistinct journey? And you can take a while to think about this, if you need. I think that... Uh, sometimes a lot of people will have, will not have, have the correct understanding, I guess, especially around medication there. I know it's like a very sensitive topic and, uh, there are a lot of people who disagree with it or, um, have differing opinions on it. Um, and for me, like I've, my parents did a lot of research when I started my medication, um, cause I was still pretty young at that point. And I think for me, I've seen how, how helpful it's been just not, and not to get an advantage, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's an unfair advantage, you know, if you're taking medication, like, it's going to help you focus, but I think for me, it just, like, makes me, it gets me to, like, an equal playing field, yeah, like, if yeah. anything, which is, like, yeah, so I think, like, for me, I wouldn't have been able to have the same, like, success with academics or sports or anything if I, if I didn't take it, and I, that's just personal for me, like, yeah, that's course. what I've found works the best, mm -hmm. I know, like, for other people, it's maybe different, and I think that I am very, I, for me, it's very important that, like, everyone has their own views, and it's, like, whatever works for you may yeah. not work for someone else, so of I think course. that that's been a challenge just with other people's, like, criticisms or misinterpretations, but yeah. I think that, for the most part, like, I have amazing friends and family that are, like, yeah. very supportive. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, like, super, uh super valuable when you have good relationships with people close to you that understand and, and support you. Um, and yeah, I definitely honor the, the struggles too of being misunderstood because it's certainly something I can relate to as well, um, is being misunderstood by people because they have very stigmatized ideas, but just because it's like what we see in the media and mm. movies mm -hmm. gives people stigmatized ideas of what ADHD is or is supposed to look like and what autism is and is supposed to look like. And 
you know, we always, I always talk on this podcast about how autism is a spectrum and by spectrum, meaning not a linear spectrum necessarily, but a spectrum more like a pizza wheel of different traits to different intensities. And, uh, and then those traits can even vary like by day. And then with ADHD as well, ADHD is a complex, as they say, um, which is a similar kind of thing, which is like different traits, the different intensities, and then everyone is going to have their own experience with it flavored by their personality too. Um, no, for sure. I think that especially with like ADHD, what for my specific case, like my parents would always say it's ADHD with a capital H because it really manifests in that hyperactivity Mm -hmm. and like constant energy, difficulty sitting still. Whereas for others, it's more of like the attention deficit. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's totally different for every individual. And I think like, I think it's so great that you have this podcast and that there is like kind of an increased effort to make people aware of all of these. Yeah. Um, of how it's, yeah, how it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, just so we can learn from everyone's experiences instead of being quick to judge. Yeah, definitely. No, I think um, that's like certainly one of the main goals I have with this podcast is to not just reach neurodistinct people that will relate to these experiences and like help them like identifying themselves, but also educating the greater neurotypical community about, you know, neurodivergence and, uh, you know, just viewing it, like, more as a difference to be supported instead of, you know, a problem to be fixed, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, not that there aren't, you know, certain disabilities that can be problems or, you know, struggles, probably the better term, Um, you know, but just, like, to not think of the whole thing in general, like, as an issue. Yeah. Um, And so, my final question... Uh, which is a little similar to the last one. What has been the most gratifying part of this whole journey? Um, I think the most gratifying part has been just knowing that in the face of a challenge, I, I can still find ways to overcome. And it's just kind of helped my confidence because I know that going forward, any challenge that I face in my life, like I can find tools, I can find strategies to help me overcome whatever challenge or setback. And I think... Um, it's definitely been like, although difficult, like very, uh, gratifying in that sense that it's just given me, um, a lot of confidence in myself and my abilities to overcome setbacks. Nice. Yeah. I, I definitely relate to that as well. You know, like, I think, you know, especially with time, you know, the more time goes by, then the more we know about about ourselves it's just you know gets there's more and more understanding and that doesn't not even like just other people like but us ourselves definitely yeah um well thank you very much for coming on um it was a pleasure um and yeah uh thanks everyone for having me yeah of course thanks everyone for listening and i'll see you next time